Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden. All of us know that breathing is an automatic process. We don't often pay attention to it unless there's some type of issue. But simple breathwork practices can have profound effects on our health and longevity, and they can create cognitive clarity, impact athletic and academic performance, and productivity at work. Our breath is a gateway to our inner experiences and can be used to alter our biochemistry and our mood. It's free, it's simple, and you can start making changes right now. So tune in to learn some key information from my guest today, Austin Chikatilov, who is going to teach us lots of excellent ways to start making changes that can impact our health and well-being today. Here we go. Hello, hello. Today I have with me Austin Chikatilov and Austin has a master's degree in nutrition and functional medicine and is also a board certified holistic nutritionist. And on top of that, he is a breathitarian. He loves all things breath work. So I invited Austin on the show today to talk with us about different types of breath work and the importance of breathing in general. So welcome, Austin. Thanks for having me, Dr. Kimberly Ann. So why don't we just jump right in? Obviously, people know that it's important to breathe. If you don't have oxygen, obviously, you will not be long for this world. But outside of that, we're talking about more specific ways that are going to be productive for your health and longevity and for performance. But let's just start with a little bit of the science background on on breathing. Yeah, so... Before we get into the nitty gritty science and physiology and biochemistry of breathing, I think it's just really important for people to know that breathing is such a powerful practice and it's this automatic process that we do every single day. And normally we don't really think about it, but I just want to invite your listeners to engage in some kind of review of their breathing patterns throughout the day, just periodically. And just notice the quality and the rhythm of the breath, because once you start to tap into what your natural breathing rhythm is, then you can start to understand how you can change it. And then with that, you can manipulate the breath to activate your brain and charge up your body or recover. So basically, I like to challenge myself to look at how can I improve all these innate processes that are already happening within me every single day. So for example, every single day we're breathing, we're eating, we're doing different things, but are we being mindful during those activities? So if we're being mindful and I'm trying to mindfully breathe, I'm trying to mindfully detox, I'm trying to mindfully repair my body and prepare my mind for performance or whatever it may be, then it can just be such an amazing experience because you realize that you have all this power within you. And so the mindfulness is kind of just like that key that unlocks everything that you need to thrive. And that is such an important point, Austin. And I talk with people all the time about checking in to see. So let's do that now. Let's just everyone just take literally a few seconds and just notice your breath.
Are you breathing deeply from your diaphragm? Is your belly going in and out? Is your chest loose? Is it tight? How is the breath moving through your body? And just notice, because it all starts with awareness. Yeah, awareness is the first step. And the great thing about breath work is once you're aware of what your natural rhythm is, if you're if you realize that you're breathing very erratically and not very deeply, or you're breathing very fast, then you realize how breathing is tied to your emotions. It's tied to the way that you feel. And you don't have to just let breathing run its course. You have the ability to alter it. So people will do certain breathing techniques. And oftentimes during meditation, you'll be told to really just connect to the breath and really try and slow down the breath and focus on nasal breathing, right? And so I definitely want to emphasize the importance of nasal breathing. You can look at the work that Dr. Actually, I don't even think he's a doctor, but he's a breathing specialist. His name is Patrick McCown, and he's written a couple of books. And one of the books that I've read of his is called The Breathing Cure. And so he's a big proponent of nasal breathing. And he also helped popularize the concept of taping your mouth shut at night to promote nasal breathing during sleep, which helps with deeper sleep and better recovery and things like that. And so the key with nasal breathing is, first of all, it enables you to activate your diaphragm, which is huge for if you're performing any physical activity, the diaphragm is one of the major core stabilizers. So first, being able to breathe through your nose helps to activate the diaphragm. And also, when you breathe nice and slow through the nose, it helps improve vagal tone. And so that'll increase your parasympathetic activity. And also the most beautiful part of it is from a biochemical standpoint, when you breathe through your nose, you actually oxygenate your tissues far more. And so when you breathe in this light, slow and deep way, you actually increase your tolerance to carbon dioxide. And so to, for the key to longevity really is how can you lengthen the inhale and the exhale? So as you're pointing out, Austin, it's really important to be aware of our rate of breathing, the depth of our breathing. Are we breathing from our diaphragm and stimulating our parasympathetic nervous system? Can you talk a little bit more about the rate that is recommended? And obviously, before we even get there, I just want to say all the information today is for educational purposes only. And so obviously, you can check with a physician if before you start any type of breath practice or if you're feeling dizzy when you're trying something, um, obviously stop. You want to listen to your body always, but in general, what types of general recommendations would you say as far as for health and longevity, um, breathing rates? Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So first of all, I think when you breathe through the nose, it forces you to slow down the breath naturally, right? When you get super nervous and anxious, or you're doing a high intensity sprint or workout, you're inclination is to start to breathe through the mouth because you want to start increasing that respiratory volume. But the trick is if you actually breathe through your nose 99% of the time, except for when you're doing a, maybe a max effort lift or a max effort sprint, you're actually oxygenating your tissues better because of the bore effect. And the bore effect basically means that the higher CO2 tolerance that you build up, which naturally will happen when you breathe through the nose more that means the more oxygen will be released from hemoglobin and then will actually go into the tissues. Okay. So then you're actually oxygenating your muscles more, which means 
that you're, you're going to have a longer time till fatigue, which is super amazing. So that's why when I work out, I try to breathe through my nose, even if I'm doing a cardiovascular focused workout and I'm getting my heart rate up, I still want to try and maintain nasal breathing unless I'm doing a full on max effort sprint from the tiger type of activity. And there's a ton of benefits for that as far as controlling your heart rate, controlling your stress response, and then ultimately just reducing your regular heart rate, resting heart rate, improving your heart rate variability, and also just having a calmer mind throughout the day. And so that's the biggest thing with nasal breathing. Now, as far as rate goes in general, if you're not exercising, you want to try and breathe nice and slow. And so, for example, if you inhale for a count of one, two, three, four, and exhale through the nose through a count of six, that adds up to 10 seconds per breath. So per minute, you're only taking six breaths in, which is kind of amazing. And when we talk about breathing for longevity, if you look at some species that live a long time, like take an elephant, for example, they live, they live a decent amount. They have a pretty long lifespan and they actually breathe really, really slow. And so it's interesting because without getting into the nitty gritty of science and in metabolic health and things like that, when you breathe excessively, you create a lot of oxidative stress, right? When you breathe you, we take in oxygen and we convert oxygen and obviously food or uh, and electrons into energy. And so the more that this process is running, the more oxygen that we're just taking in, the more oxidative stress we're actually creating from a cellular level. So too much oxidative stress is not good, but some oxidative stress is good. It's all about balance. And that's why exercise is, is super potent. So it's all about what kind of signal do you want to give the body? Do you want to give the body the signal that it's time to repair, to recover, to digest, to detoxify? Or do you want to give the body the signal that, okay, it's time to get revved up and ready to perform, or you're about to give a speech, or you're about to do something that's a little bit more activating or requiring your brain to be firing on all cylinders, then you're going to switch your breathing rate. So you can always alter your tempo. <laughs> You can alter the rhythm of the breath. You can alter nose, mouth. But obviously, like we talked about before, it's it's very powerful to engage in nasal breathing for a lot of different reasons. And we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. But yeah, it's really just thinking about how can I use the breath for what I'm trying to do right now and being really intentional about why I'm breathing and how I'm breathing. Because of course, we're going to breathe automatically. But does that mean that your breathing is optimized? Because a lot of times it's not. And we don't realize the critical link that breathing has to our health and our longevity. And, and there's so many, so many links between chronic diseases and postural issues and sleep apnea and cardiovascular disease that's caused by strictly mouth breathing. You know what I mean? People just get in the pattern of mouth breathing and they're not oxygenating their brains fully and their lungs aren't filling to their full capacity. And so their performance suffers. So there's all these little different ins and outs of breathing that are super powerful. And when you realize that, wow, this is something that's completely free that I can choose to use to my advantage at any point throughout the day. It's just so empowering because it's like, wow, breathing can enhance any aspect of my life. It's just about, hey, let me just try and be a little bit more mindful about it 
and let me not be judgmental about the way that I'm breathing, not be critical about my breathing patterns, but instead just be very open. And it just, it's a journey to like anything else, just be open to learning about how you breathe and your tendencies, and then be willing to shift and try and change. And then amazing things can happen once you're open to making that shift. All excellent information. And while you were talking, I was practicing. <laughs> I was practicing the rate that you had just mentioned, you know, four inhales and the six exhales. And I feel so calm doing that. And, you know, that speaks to everything you were saying about it, igniting the, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our reboot and calming. And that's just one way. And like you said, so that obviously links to not only our physical health, but our emotional health. And that obviously will give your affect your mood, you know, as you were pointing out as well. So if you're wanting to have a calming experience, then you want to do those types of parasympathetic stimulating breathing, but let's flip to the other side and say, like you were talking about at the end, there are times where you want to activate, where you want to elevate your mood or get your brain to the point where there's a level of arousal that's not too much, but you do need a certain amount of arousal to and, and sort of excitement to be able to have an optimal performance cognitively, uh, physically for athletic performance, uh, for work performance, et cetera. We know this. So can you talk a little bit about the flip side of some ideas of if you are trying to use breath to optimize performance in an activating way, what would that look like? Yeah. So before we get into how to use the breath and activate the body the mind and the spirit, I think it's really important that people understand that there's this beautiful bi-directional relationship between breathing and our emotions and it can help us actually with our emotional intelligence and how we observe others and also ourselves take for example somebody who looks anxious if you notice their breathing pattern most likely it'll be through the mouth it'll be very shallow and you'll see that their chest is moving and not really their lower belly which would indicate that they're breathing from their diaphragm so like you can observe this in other people you can observe it in yourself but the trick is to really just have those spots throughout the day where you're checking in and you're realizing, okay, like I've fallen off the tracks a little bit. Let me just take a little reset here and do a slow four inhale in six count on the way out and then just have that reset. And then you start to repattern your brain and that becomes your new normal. And so now transitioning into how to breathe to enhance performance if we know that naturally our breathing will change depending on how we're feeling, what about using the breath to change how we feel? So the, so how you feel changes your breath naturally. But now if you're aware and you're thinking, okay, I want to use my breath to feel a certain way. It's like you're shifting into either Zen mode when you're meditating or before performance, it's about shifting into beast mode or, or being in the flow or what that looks to you, what that looks like to you. So you have to realize that first of all, everybody's different. Everybody has to figure out what their optimal state of arousal is for performance. So maybe for you, you like to get really jacked up before performance. So you need a very activated type of breathing technique, like let's say Wim Hof breathing. And Wim Hof breathing could either be through the nose or the mouth or a mixture of both. 
but it really involves these deep inhales and these deep exhales where you're exhaling a lot of CO2. And so what that does is as you exhale excess CO2 and your CO2 levels begin to plummet, your body becomes alkaline because the amount of CO2 in your blood correlates with your blood pH. So what happens is your blood becomes alkaline. Now, this is a really interesting thing to your nervous system. When the blood becomes more alkaline, our brains actually get excited. So it actually excites the neurons in our brain. So we start to get charged up, so to speak, as, as people have these kinds of experiences when they do Wim Hof breathing, right? They feel just charged up, cognitively locked in. Sometimes if you go too hard, it could be even a lightheadedness, a dizziness of sorts. So you have to be careful with that kind of breathing because you really are changing your biochemistry in a rapid way. So for some people, Wim Hof may be great. It may take you one or two rounds to get activated before, let's say, not, not just a cold plunge, but maybe it's a maybe it's a sports performance or whatever it may be, a test or something. Um, or you may want to do something that's a little bit more calm, or maybe you tend to run a little bit more anxious and you need to bring that level of arousal down to a place where you can reach that flow zone. So it's a it's a very delicate balance. So you have to realize, okay. What's my typical inclination? Do I, do I run kind of calm and do I need to have an activating type of breathing to fire me up or do I need to really slow it down so that I can get out of my mind and thinking about the fears of failure or whatever's or judging myself or what other people are going to think about my performance and all that stuff? And do I need to just calm it down so that I can really get into my body and just be in this present moment and perform to the best of my ability. And so a technique that, like, that you could use, for example, for that is something like the 478 method, which is very parasympathetic dominant, where you're inhaling for a count of four, you're with through the nose, and then you're going to hold it at the top for a count of seven. And then you would make this whooshing sound through the mouth for a count of eight. And so let's do one. Yeah. So go ahead. You're going to inhale through a count of four. Hold it at the top for seven. And then you really extend that exhale, making this whooshing sound. And so you could even extend it to make it something like a five second inhale, 10 second hold, and then maybe even a 15 second exhale. And this may be a little bit tricky at first, but I think the key for people to understand is the longer you lengthen the exhale, the better it is for calmness and for clarity, right? When you have these rapid inhales and these rapid exhales, for instance, during like a fire breathing pranayama practice during yoga, it's very activating and it's yeah very stimulating. So the slower you breathe and the more you can lengthen that exhale, the more calming it's going to be. And then the, sh the, the if you shorten the breath and you make it very rapid, the more activating it's going to be. And yeah, and just finding your, your balance and your mix. There's so many different techniques out there that there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about finding what's best for you. So one final thing I'd like to talk about is this concept of developing air hunger. So you can do this by numerous different exercises, but the point of developing air hunger, which means that you're, you're wanting to take in more oxygen than you actually are. And in doing so, you're actually increasing your CO2 tolerance, which we talked about has benefits for 
increasing clarity and calmness of the mind, increasing parasympathetic tone, and also just increasing oxygenation of tissues and improving lung capacity and things like that. And so how you do this is you can first start by inhaling gently through the nose for a count of maybe one or two, but it's actually not, you're not taking a full breath, like you would fully breathe in. So you're only filling in the air to maybe like, so your nose feels like it's just filled with a little bit of air, but that you would want to take more in a normal breath. Right. And then you do this while you normally exhale. Now you have to be careful with this process because it can become a little bit stressful, but over time, as you start to do this, your CO2 tolerance goes up because you're only inhaling a little bit and then you're exhaling a decent amount of CO2 out. Okay. Another way you can do this is simple. I like to go for walks and while I'm walking, simply just close one nostril and just breathe through that one nostril. And you don't have to be speed walking or anything like that. If you're going your normal walking pace, just breathing through that one nostril, it's incredible. You start to feel like, man, I really want to take more air in and your body and your brain adapt to being able to handle low levels of oxygen, which is fantastic. It's fantastic for your mitochondria. It's fantastic for having more energy and for being calmer and more aware and focused and just cognitively aware. And so I love to do that when I go on walks, just, you know, and you don't have to do it for super long because you'll start to develop too much air hunger. And then once you get to that point where you reach threshold and you want to go back to an overreading, that's fine, but just play around with it and be, be playful. The whole thing is it's, it's creative. It's your practice. Have fun with it, right? There is no right or wrong way. It's just a journey and you're going to find what works for you. And once you do, you take that in and you make it your own. And then you just leave what else that you don't need. You leave anything else that you don't need. So another powerful practice to really connect to the diaphragm Okay, which is important. I just want to stop you for one second. I want to go back to that first practice you mentioned with the air hunger. Yeah. So if I'm doing that practice and I'm doing that, <clears throat> you said just, you know, like a one or two count, very gentle in. To where you're only filling up to like the top of the nose. Right. And then I do a longer exhale. How many times am I repeating that just till? You're repeating that until you build a substantial amount of air hunger. Okay. And then you return to, return to your normal breathing. And then maybe after three to five breaths, you feel like you can go again. And then you gently start doing the light inhales and then the normal exhales. It's not like a super long exhale either. And so that can start to develop the air hunger. Now, the whole point of these exercises is to increase what's called your bolt, your bolt score. Okay. And your bolt score, you can test yourself. And it's really interesting because some physicians actually use this test to determine right away if somebody may have some health issues, right? Because when you have certain health conditions, maybe it's like high blood pressure, or maybe it's, maybe it's, um, I don't know, sleep apnea or asthma or allergies or whatnot. What happens is their bold score tends to be really, really low. And what the bold score indicates is your, basically your CO2 sensitivity. And how do you test it? It's literally, you just take a normal inhale through the nose and then a normal exhale through the nose. And then you hold your breath after that exhale. Now, how long can you go before you feel your first inclination to breathe in or your body's respiratory muscles actually will twitch indicating that your body wants you to breathe. So a good bold score is usually above like 20, 25 seconds is like decent. 
And that, but below that is like, you clearly have an issue. You have what's called dysfunctional breathing. And so dysfunctional breathing <clears throat> con- contributes to so many conditions like heart disease, sleep apnea, asthma, allergies, you know, even could be skin issues, you name it, because you're, if your breathing's dysfunctional, your inflammation is going to be off, you're more oxidative stress, and your nerve, which is going to throw off your nervous system, which can impact your immune system. And the list goes on and on and on because the body is an interconnected web. And so the breath is so foundational to health. Why are we not all practicing breath work? Why are we all not trying to improve our bolt score if we know that it has all these benefits? And there's so much research about the links between breathing and posture and postural health and health and longevity. I don't know. I think it's because there's not a lot of money in it, right? I think it's because it's it's also free. And so there's people that are coming out with different protocols and things like that and fancy ways of wrapping around these techniques. But really, it's about how can you slow the breath? How can you really connect to it and realize that there's, there's so much energy behind the breath and the breath is what connects you to spirit. And that's the final thought that I want you to take away from this is the breath is a gateway into the present moment. The breath is such a spiritual thing. It's it's just the spiritual essence within us that it's our breath of life without it, we would be dead. So if you're ever anxious, if you're ever worried about something, just return to the breath. Just, just notice it and have that gratitude that you're breathing right now in this moment and that you have so much energy within you and you have such an incredible innate intelligence that you don't even have to think about breathing, but your spirit is keeping you alive through this breath, through this vital process that happens every single day. Now, what if we actually started to be mindful about this process? What would happen? And that's what I want you to invite, invite your listeners to think about and do is let me bring awareness to my breath. Let me allow my breath to change my life because it it can truly be transformational. Very, very powerful, Austin. Thank you for all that information. That definitely gives people a lot of things to think about and start experimenting with. So let's head over to the Sparks of Wisdom and see what we find there. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. Let's hear your sparks of wisdom for today. So, my main spark of wisdom for today is that breathing creates space. So, you can think of it from an anatomical standpoint where breathing creates space within our thoracic cavity. And as our lungs expand and our belly expands, the diaphragm contracts. So, breathing creates space in a physical way, but it also creates space in a mental, emotional, and spiritual way. That's so, so beautiful because if you're able to take a step back throughout each and every day and just focus on the breath and really slowing it down, it creates space between you and your situation that may be stressful. It creates space between you and, and somebody else that you're in a relationship with. And it helps you to really think about, wow, I have a breath that is just so, so beautiful. And then there comes this point of gratitude and it just takes you out of whatever you may have been trapped in. Maybe you were getting irritated through work or a job or whatever, whatever it may be. You were just 
in the moment, right? And breathing just creates space and allows us to take a step back and look at life and just look at that bigger picture and really have gratitude for our bodies, for ourselves, for our spirit. And so I just want to encourage y'all to keep breathing and also let breathing change your life by creating space. Austin, thank you so much for the information today. It was so, I think what you've done is given people the opportunity to empower themselves to, like you were saying, create space, but to change their own inner experience, their own inner experience emotionally and physically by paying attention and being aware of their breath and just experimenting and playing with it. So thank you for all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And if people want to reach out to me and if they, or if they have any questions, feel free to contact me through my website, which is austinchikatilov.com. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at austinchikatilov. I post a lot of breathing videos, little things that I'm experimenting with myself. And I'd love for you to share what you're doing and what you find successful. I think we're all on this journey together and it's just so beautiful. So I'd like to just give a shout out to all my fellow breathitarians out there because we all need the breath. We all use the breath and it's something that we all have in common. So let's just celebrate the power of the breath. Well said, very well said. So as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, be you, be love, and be present.